new math is with my motherfuckers ass. You wanna know how to rhyme? You better learn how to add. It's mathematics. Mighty most definitely. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. I'm a ball around science. What are we talking about here? Peace, peace. Welcome to another episode of Wilds of Dome. Uh, today, I have a very special guest. You've seen him on the show before. Very knowledgeable brother on a plethora of different subjects. Um, Aunt Benu, I appreciate you for coming on, bro. Man, I appreciate the invitation. I always, brother, it's, it's an honor and a privilege. You know what I mean? Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Um, last time, we didn't get a chance to uh, build on or uh, mention... Um, your uh, tours that you have to Egypt and anybody interested in that and how can they find you and and just let us know a little bit about that and how that works. Okay, okay. So yeah, you know, I've been doing the uh the tours, you know, like the Stalinist pilgrimages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the Nile Valley, to Kemet and um also to the Sudan. Been doing it since 2014. Mm. And um, you know we were doing it every year, twice a year in uh, in the summer and then in December, and um, you know we put a pause on it for the pandemic. So you know last time uh, we went over there was December 2019, and then you know everything jumped off. Mm-hmm. So you know we put a pause, just kind of uh, you know you know you know gauge everything, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, this is the first year we're picking it back up. So. Um, I'll be over there in August, August 15th uh, to the 30th, and then again in December. But we haven't set the dates for December yet. But the tour um, in the summer is 15 days. Mm-hmm. And, and in December is seven days. And man, you know, we go from uh, you know, we go from Cairo all the way down into Abu Simbel. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um you know, it stops, uh, you know, hitting all of the major points. So Cairo to Luxor, you know, Luxor to Aswan. But, um, you know, in Cairo, we visit, you know, we always start on the West Bank, no matter where we go. Because, you know, just in terms of um, African traditions, it's appropriate to approach the ancestors before you approach the, the deities. Mm. Right, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's just the protocol, right? Yeah. So we always start on the West Bank and, you know, deal with the ancestors first. So in Cairo, we go to Saqqara, uh, Monuments, we, you know, visit the Giza and, um, you know, then we hit the museums. Also, I bring, um, I bring everybody to see the group called Mazahar, which is, um, this is uh, a group of the remaining surviving czar practitioners. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, you know, if you, you know, for folk that are not familiar with czar, czar is uh, a tradition that exists by, um, you know, many names across uh, North Africa, from Northeast Africa all the way over to Northwest Africa. Um, and in actuality in West Africa as well, because it's in Senegambia, it's in, um, it's in Niger by different names, but, um, you know, it's, uh, the Hausa call it Bori and it's also mm. called Zar Bori in the Sudan. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So you got Zaw Tambor and you got Zaw Zaw Bori. But this is like the um it is the what I would like to, you know, I like to call it like the surviving um expressions of the indigenous traditions mm. in those regions mm-hmm. um with some uh you know whether you know if they were uh colonized or conquered by you know um you know muslims or you know uh christians or whatever you have those uh you know the tradition is cloaked in the iconography and symbolism mm. of whoever was dominating the region right so you know it's like format wise ritual wise um it's everything that we might look for in like uh ancient Kemet or you know in you know uh Isese or or uh you know in Voodoo, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's everything that you find in those traditions, they still do it. Um but there's uh, a lot of uh you know let's say for you know prime example. Okay, so in Islam there's a prophet known as Idris. Mm-hmm. who is uh, identified with the biblical Enoch, mm-hmm. okay? You know, but he's supposed to also be known as Hermes right. and ultimately Tahuti, mm-hmm. right? So in the Zohar tradition, this figure is considered the king of the spirits. Mm-hmm. And the Nubian people in, um, in Aswan in particular, they um, their tradition, which they say, is the oldest and the most powerful because they treat the Abrahamic traditions as like schools, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of the initiatory uh, yeah. system. But mm-hmm. at the foundation of all of it is the teachings from what, you know, they say their master address. Right. right? Wow. But, you know, all of this is um, is is in the Zohar tradition and the Bori tradition and the, uh, the Narwa tradition mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, Southern Morocco and Mauritania. Um, you know, you have this tradition by you know a couple of different names, but um, I take everybody to see the remaining uh practitioners, surviving practitioners, um, at you know they perform on Wednesday nights at a at a cultural center in Cairo, downtown Cairo, and um, they are only allowed to you know perform the music and do it kind of like a show mm-hmm. not allowed to do the full thing like the the actual practice of the czar tradition is outlawed mm. you know to this very day it's illegal wow. right mm-hmm. so you know that's uh in which is you know that's that should come as a shock because uh obia is illegal in jamaica right right, right? right. you know obia and voodoo is illegal in the Virgin Islands and the British Virgin Islands, wow. right? So, like, this is, um, you know, it's a similar experience that they that they have there. So, the folk that do it, they gotta, yeah, right? yeah, gotta keep it hush. Yeah, but that's because it's illegal. Doesn't necessarily mean that it ain't. It's not happening. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I take folk to see them, right? And then we leave Cairo. You know, we go to the museum, right? Then we uh, we leave Cairo, and we go to Luxor and Luxor. We go uh, start on the West Bank again. We visit the temple of Hatshepsut, right, which is her Osirian, um or ancestral temple. We visit the Valley of the Kings. 
right? Which is super dope. You know, if you, you know, for those, y'all need to look that up, right? Okay. Looking it up ain't gonna be enough, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, imagine them digging or carving temples in deep into like the mountains, mm-hmm. right? And you know, they're they're digging caves into the mountains and you know, um, you know, decorating or or designing tombs, burial, you know, burial places in in here, and you know, depicted on the walls are. Uh, you know what's called the book of gates or the uh the book of traversing the duat and or spirit realm and every step that you take you're taking the um you're going along on the journey uh with that ancestor that the tomb belongs to um identified with ra Mm. right so it's like the the journey of ra from the east to the west from night to day you know and back again but the ancestor as rock taking that journey mm. right and so it's 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 a that's uh one of my favorite right oh. one of my favorite uh you know places in kemet right so we go to the valley of the kings um then we hit the east bank we go to the temple of karnak the temple of luxor uh sometimes we uh you know which are dedicated to amun ra and his family um then we visit the Medinat Habu sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, the temple of Ramses III, mm-hmm. you know? Then we take a road trip, you know, a little north. We visit the temple of Seti I in Abydos, and we visit the temple of Heteru in Dendera, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So at, this is all Luxor. After mm-hmm. that, we check into a cruise. And we take the cruise down the Nile from Luxor mm-hmm. to Komombo. Mm-hmm. In Komombo, we visit the Temple of Sebek and Heruwar and um, go into the Crocodile Museum, which is, or the Sebek Museum, which is a museum that has all of the mummified crocodiles. Oh, wow. Right? You know, I can't say all, right? But mm-hmm. they have, right? They have the mummified crocodiles that we found in that location that served as like the sacred animal um for for Sebek, mm-hmm. right so we get to see that see some of the relics and whatnot that they found um found in that spot and then you know we then go back on a cruise down to edfu and visit the temple of uh heru behudet um and that's the most well-preserved temple in in the in the entire country right so we go there, Edfu is dope, you know what I mean? And the thing about it is, the further south you go, the more you start seeing your folk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you know what I mean? And like Edfu really reminds me of New Orleans. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. like you, it's like the perfect blend of uh party and bullshit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, yeah. I've never been to Edfu where the folk wasn't clowning and having a good time. Mm. And at some point in time, it's gonna be a little drama. Yeah, right? you know, yeah. somebody gonna get the fussing and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> yeah, you know, always, but every single time. So, you know, we do that, then we go back on the cruise, and then we head down to Aswan. And Aswan, you at home. Mm. I mean, in Aswan, you at home, you know, and um, in Aswan, we stay a couple of nights in, you know, one of the Nubian villages, either Garib Sahel or Elephantine. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, I introduce people to my elders, right. That I've been studying with. And, um, you know, we stay there and learn from them for a couple of days. Right. We also visit the temple of Osset at the Island of Filet, um, Elephantine Island. We go to the Nubian museum and then we take a long road trip down into Abu Simbel, which is the, uh, furthest uh southernmost border of the country of egypt right and we visit the temple of uh ramses the second and uh queen of atari mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so and that's another one that's like kind of wonder of the world is in the sense yeah. of, um extremely beautiful you know it's, it's right on the water uh lake nasser right which you know is an artificial lake um that was you know came into being as a result of the building of the aswan high dam mm -hmm. um this flooded out the actual nubian uh civilization and community mm -hmm. so underneath that water is where the nubian people actually lived wow you know what i mean mm -hmm. you know so like this this is something that you know always you know hit me in a certain way because they were displaced and, you know, some of them went south, but a lot of them went, you know, went north and, you know, further into, into, into Egypt, but, um, coming from New Orleans, right. And the whole experience with Katrina and it's a lot of folk that just never came back. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that type of thing is, you know, one of the, um, places that, you know, I was really able to connect with them in their story and their traditions and their stories um, still evolving in the sense that a lot of the things that they went through from the beginning of their history, even uh, up into uh, present day, including the flooding, you know, of their civilization mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is codified in their, in their traditions, codified in their music and their songs and their dances and whatnot. Okay. You know? So, yeah. um, you know, that's, uh, that's some of the, that's really that's that's the trip, right? That's the trip, right? We um, leave Abu Simbel, you know, maybe another day or so in Aswan. You know, we stay, and um, and after that, head back to Cairo to to come home. But this is over the span of two weeks, right? Yeah, and it sounds like an amazing trip, man. And yeah. um, I'm gonna put the uh, link in the description of the uh you know video for anybody that's interested um it definitely sounds like something i, I even want to go you know what i mean so a, like 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 most definitely um and so yeah that's dope man and i wanted to kind of ask you a few questions um you know just dealing with the cosmology of ancient kemet right um i was doing some reading the other day and uh noon uh am i saying it right Noon or how you say new, the same, same new. to new or new. Okay. Um, you know, how it represent represented beginning and nothingness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, well, from what the book that I was reading, that's what it said. Like, but so what is your if you can expound on the concept of new and what that represented um symbolically, you know, uh from your opinion, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think that would be dope for our understanding. Okay. Well, you know. You know, reason why I said new or noon, right? So mm -hmm. both correspond to the same the terror, but the the names speak to 
um, you know, speak to the nature, right, mm-hmm. um, of it, right, the way that they they understood it. So Nu is uh, associated with water, mm. right, and you know, it represents the state of the universe or the condition of the universe before um, the before creation or before the establishment of order, mm-hmm. right? So, um, newest the primordial waters of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Chaos, chaos in the sense of not not like confusion, but chaos in the sense of the absence of order, mm-hmm. right? Um, noon is a term that means inertia, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So this is to speak to the, you know, this, how you say, I guess like the inactivity or the state of this uh, watery like matter, right? Mm-hmm. Or this, this infinite ocean of matter, if you will, that was just in a, in a state of inertia, right? So creation happens once the, uh, you know, creative uh, force or intelligence, which is, you know, in, you know, the traditions associated with Nu would be uh, Anu, right? Mm -hmm. Anu, um, the cosmology pertaining to Ra or Atum, Mm -hmm. right? You know, creation takes place once Ra or Atum begins to move, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, in it, it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff in there that when, if you, if you get into physics, right, like, you know, um, and not even like necessarily quantum physics, right, mm-hmm. but like, you know, basic physics, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff in there um, that it's going to sound very familiar, right? This, um, you know, the association of uh i say like the first law of physics motion right mm-hmm. okay so you know it's starting with new or noon inertia right mm-hmm. and then it says that ra rises it's a movement right he mm-hmm. rises out of noon right and in rising you know it says that he he actually uttered his own name Mm. And that's when he rose, right? So there's, there's, uh, you know, the movement, and as it moves, there's sound, mm-hmm. right? But as, as you have movement and this vibration, which is caused by this friction, this friction generates heat, mm-hmm. right, or light, right? Right. So you have all of this present in that, and um, you know, the uh. It's the understanding, right? When you hear people say nothingness, mm-hmm. that's not, you know, that's not to say that there was nothing, right? You know, yeah, they right. don't have a concept of like nothing, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, okay, there's this, there's, it's like, a, there's this matter that is like, it's not in forms, right? You know, whatever the, the essential, substratum of of matter or material existence is whatever that most subtle state and this is something um this is something that 
quantum physicists talk about they talk about how um separate the illusion of separateness right how you know there's no such thing as separate things right, right. at the foundation everything is just this you know this infinite ocean mm -hmm. of of uh of matter of waves right right which which is um fascinating to me it is right? because you know if i want to write new it's mm. right with waves right right right, right? right. so you know is 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 dope right because it's starting with waves and then you get ra which is the light which is mm. symbolized by the sun right so like it's it's um i say that they were on they were on to something right right, right. but um uh, or they understood something you know very deeply but you know a I heard um you know, Raul Nefamin, he used to break it down as no thingness, right? Mm. Like not nothingness, but a no thingness in the sense of there are no separate things right. they do, right. right? And you know, creation is uh once matter begins to organize itself, mm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, they talk about the big bang and you know, after going through a cooling process, right? Ra to Shu to Tufnut, mm. right? Mm. You know, the, that, that bang, that fire, that gas, that water, mm. right? Things going through a cooling process to where Newt, right? The mm. ordered universe and Geb, right? The earth, these things begin to form as a as a result but it's like a, it's an evolutionary um process that's being depicted but it all starts from this state of there being no differentiation uh no separate forms and organisms and that's that's deep and just to think that they were discovering and and theorizing about concepts like that right that long ago is right. i mean that just says a lot right um how did they see death? Well, you know, it's... I mean, it's, I, it's, the reason I ask is because, you know, obviously we understand the finality of death, but um, in ancient Kemet, it seems as if they never saw any someone as ever being truly dead, correct? Right. You know, it, it's a very, that's a very African thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you do have uh, some points in the history where those questions were asked, right? Like, mm. like, you know, no one knows what happens after and this, that, and the third, right? So, you know, they were thinking about these things. But um, for the most part, you know, the way that they understood, you know, they understood um, the person to be comprised of uh, multiple components, right? You know, it is something that you find, you know, throughout the continent, right? Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, you have something called the ba, you have something called the ka, you have something called the ib, you have the kat, right? The uh, the kaibit or the, you know, the shadow. You have, um, you know, all of these parts, nine at least, mm -hmm. right? That make up the individual 
and each one goes on to do something <laughs> after the person transitions right, right, right. so the the cot right the physical body is the densest part that's the part that's left behind and you know if they mummified it right if they preserved it that way if not it decayed and returned to the to the earth right but um you know i kind of you know because they're so solar oriented you know the way that they described it is kind of similar to way we think about like a supernova Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, how, you know, a star once it's, you know, at the end of its, um, you know, it's, it's lifespan you know, or it's life cycle. And those yeah. elements go out into the universe. Yeah. And go on to become um, yeah. right? other <laughs> things. Right. You know, some planets, new galaxies, then the third. Right. So. And even and for those that don't know, we are comprised of those. Atoms. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So even even in that it's it's um you know it's very similar to that so let's say they were very uh like most african traditions the bulk of the people practice ancestral veneration mm -hmm. okay that's like if there was a mass religion so to speak mm -hmm. ancestral veneration was it mm -hmm. um you know the focal point of ancestral veneration was the ka right the ka is what's venerated at what's called a kari or shrine mm. okay kari or karu now, meaning, now does ka mean the soul or this or the spirit well you know because some i saw folk, people break that down a lot often where they say that's what ka and ba mean you know what i mean okay so i think that when they do that right um they do a disservice in the sense of um, trying to make like, okay, you hear a lot of people from the West, they say, they try to break the, you know, person down into mind, body and soul. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it sounds simple, right? Till you start talking about opening up the head and looking for the mind or trying to find consciousness. Find your consciousness, right? Yeah, yeah. Then it becomes not so simple, right? So, you know, with with the cosmology and Kemet, the cosmology with the uh, with the you know, Akan, you know, the Zulu, right? You know, it's not so simple, right? Um, the Ka, some scholars call it the double, right? But I like I like to refer to it as the personality. That's the way I was taught, right? It's the personality. So think about the Ka like a snapshot of the person like if you could take an individual's personality as they lived right mm -hmm. in in a lifetime the information that they gathered their memories right and you could store it on a usb drive or or an sd card right mm -hmm. um that's what the car is Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in chapter 30 of the Pertem Hiru, they um, refer to the Ka as the individual's Oho or their lifetime. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is this is literally um, the person or a snapshot of who they were 
during that lifetime, right? Their personality, their experience, the knowledge, right? Their, their temperament, right? All of these things um, becomes the focal point of veneration in, you know, at the shrine. And they understand a lot less spooky. Yeah, but but mm -hmm. they also understood it in a way that it was something that you could interact with. Yeah, and and, and, and let me just be clear real quick. I don't call ATR spooky, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, because I, I don't look at I don't look, I try not to look at things from a western yeah, point of yeah. View, you know what I mean? But also, you know, whenever we start to deal with the concepts that we do learn, um, Kyle, I've never heard it being explained like that, which yeah. when you explain it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Especially whenever you say that their main religion was ancestral yeah, generation. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, um, they understood the car. And like, let's say, for instance, everything has a car. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some things that share car in a sense. Mm -hmm. So like each one of the netaru represent, can represent like a personality type or a particular type of car, mm -hmm. right? Uh, when you get in some of the epithets, you know, like for instance, Heru, um, you know, Ka Niket, right? Or the the victorious car, or like the like the um, you know, fighting car, mm. right? Ba Tekek, mm. like like a aggressive ba, right? Mm. Like these, they had certain temperaments. Um, so let's say on an abstract level, you know. Like, let's say if we're dealing with fire, the element of fire. Fire is hot. Fire is destructive. Fire is, you know, can burn, but fire can also illuminate. It can, you know, it can... Uh, cook your food. Yeah, cook your food. You know what I mean? So, but certain animals are hot nature. They'll have fiery temperaments. Certain people yeah. have fiery temperaments. Um, certain foods, peppers, garlic, like raw garlic. You bite raw garlic, right? Um, have fiery temperaments and uh these things share mm. ka right so like even for instance you start getting into certain atrs this is why ogun is fed mm. with hot foods um you know warrior deities are fed with um with like hot rum like 151 rum yeah you know what i mean yeah, stuff yeah. like that so you know it's it's because of you know what in what's in kemet referred to as the ka mm. but um so they understood it in a in a way that basically that person, you know, that card, the snapshot of that person was able to still be interacted with, kind of like we save stuff to a flash drive, put it in a computer and deal with it, right? So they they were able to um access that and to interact with that, communicate with it. Um, when you when we talk about um, ritual possession or spirit possession in ATRs, that's the ka that that you know is doing that, um, or that the person is pulling on. Now they you know they they ask for it to you know to intervene you know and intercede in you know on their behalf, especially in like family disputes. Like yo, your your son, you're talking about you know what I'm saying a sibling. Your son yeah. is bugging. You need to yeah, you need to yeah. check him, right, etc. So 
that was really um the way they understood it but um that's it's interesting that you bring that up though um is because i think for those that don't that may not study uh kimmet as much as they study other things right like i admittedly um i'm fascinated by it, but i it's just something that i haven't um studied that much up until now right mm -hmm. um the the thought is that they the religion that they practice is what is like you know they had all of these gods they had this they had all this, but you know to hear you say that they practice their main religion as far as the people yeah was yeah. ancestor ancestral veneration yeah. like you see the connection with that all throughout africa all over africa yeah right yeah. um even i mean you can look at even some native american cosmologies and Same thing. yeah i know i know and i just wanted to get that thought out because um you kind of just having this conversation um you're helping me to see things these concepts that we've known about for years and read about but to take the western lens off right because yeah. we say that we need to do that but it's not always easy to do a lot of times you may need somebody to help you with that but you know yes, yes, but yeah man so what is the bar though what you know so the bar right mm -hmm. that's like your you know when you hear people use uh the phrase uh like they might say that your temple your body is the temple yeah 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 right or you know you know the god within mm -hmm. right and things of that nature so your ba the ba is you know what you we could consider to be like the vehicle of consciousness mm -hmm. right like um, consciousness itself yeah not consciousness of the vehicle of it right because mm -hmm. um you know there's there's a there's a you know basically in the tradition and i know we're gonna get to to that um eventually but in it there's at the root there's a oneness an essential oneness right mm -hmm. that everything is stemming from so your ba is your personal portion mm -hmm. right of mm -hmm. of that essential consciousness mm -hmm. right um that is transmitted through your bloodline particularly your uh your father's lineage mm -hmm. right so the way you know um you in the coffin text they they express it this way like the ba enters into the world through the crown of an individual's father's you know the crown of the father's head and then it's transmitted through his seed mm -hmm. right and um this is like the the significance of um who you see the Nater Kunum, right? Who mm -hmm. has the head of a ram. Mm -hmm. He's uh shaping and molding the ka and the kat on a potter's wheel. Yeah. Okay. And the the Neterit Hetheru, um, or it may be all set with the cow horns. You you really gotta pay attention to what's written. Um, but they're normally present. What that scene represents is the actual act of conception. Mm. And the term for ram mm -hmm. in Maduna Terra is also ba. Mm. 
right? So they're playing with the homophones, right? They depict Kunum as a Bach or a ram to show the uh, the role that the Bach as the seed and the seed as the transmitter of consciousness, the role that it plays in the shaping of an individual's body and, and you know, the essential elements of their persona in the womb of their mother, mm-hmm. which is why Heteru is there. Right. And the phallus, um, the potter's will is a phallic symbol in the ritual context. Um, you know, there's, there's a ritual of raising the potter's will that, you know, women used to do um, as a fertility ritual, mm-hmm. right? Raising the potter's will, you know, with the hopes of, uh, you know, yeah. conceiving a child, yeah. you know, or, you know, increasing the fertility, mm-hmm. not not an immaculate conception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Indeed, that's that's uh, very deep, man. Um, what is the concept of my yacht? Okay. Oh, one more thing. Mm-hmm. I, I want to crack this. The ba, so we talked about the ka, getting uh, the focal point of veneration at the shrine. Now, the ba is a person's consciousness, but this is also the part that um, is considered to be right? or the traverse of a million years, mm. the one that wehem ankh, or repeats life. Mm-hmm. So an individual, um, if you talk about like a concept of reincarnation, mm-hmm. um, this is this is what that that's the part that does that, but it's it's not like uh, it stays with the family. It's, it's coming through your family's lineage. It's yeah. not coming back as a bird or a fly or a bee. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, but yeah, what was what is um, what is my yacht? The reason I asked, you know, every one of the most important concepts, or with or within our community, we have made it one. Um. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, where it talks about aspects of justice. But um, what what is Maya? So Maat, she's uh, you know, she's an eternity, first of all, or a deity, but a little bit different um from some of the others mm-hmm. in the sense that Let's say there are several deities that are associated with or identified as Ma'at. So um, one of her main epithets is Sat Ra, so which means daughter of Ra. And um, some folk don't realize that um, Tufnut, mm-hmm. right, is uh, also identified with Ma'at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when you look at... And is that significant? It is, right? Because so is Shu, mm. right? And when you look at the feather on Shu's head, it's the same feather that's on Ma'at's head, mm. right? But those two forces, um, Shu and Tefnut, are, um, the let's say, the primary forces that deal with maintaining order in the cosmos, like the, the balance, mm. if you will. Mm-hmm. So... Um, mm. Shu is the force that you know, like you hear uh, the debate, um, the universe is expanding, yeah, constantly expanding. The universe is 
um, going to expand and then eventually it's going to be what's called a big crunch. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything going to come back like a rubber band and snap right. back on itself, right? Um, then you got an idea of like the big freeze where it just expands and gets further and further apart to where, you know, shit just freezes, right? Um, you know, in this cosmology, it's a balance between the two. It's expanding with Shu and it's being held together or pulled back with Tufnut. Right? So if you say it's like you can kind of relate it to like some of the natural forces that we see, like gravi- gravity and things. Absolutely. Like that. All of that. So this is this is where we get into like on a cosmic level, if you want to talk about law, right? Mm-hmm. On a on a physics level, you're talking about laws, right? Of nature, laws of universe. Those things would be considered my eye. That's what Shu and Tufnu represent on 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 that level. Centrifugal and centripetal force and, mm-hmm. and things of this nature, right? Um, but you know, our ancestors were into you know what's called biomimicry, right? Um, they looked at nature, right? They looked at the cosmos and they emulated, right? They patterned themselves, organized uh, society and social order and um, developed customs and traditions and rituals uh, around those things. So that's the, that's my art on a, on a lower level, right? Um, more down the earth level, if you will, where, you know, their ethics, their morals, their standards, how they interact with one another. Um, you know, this idea of interconnectedness, inter- interdependence, um, synergy, right? Um, you know, all of these things are are ma'at um, and truth, right? Which is a big one because uh, the root of ma'at has to do with that which is straight, or that which is correct, right? That which is correct and um, extends to mean truth, that which is real, right? Um, my art is often, um, it's often, you know, used in pun with another term, my ah or my art, my art, right? Which is what we're talking about. And then my art, which means the eye, it's another term for eye. Right, and the root of this ma'a meaning to see, mm. right? So, you know, we often associate seeing with knowing, mm. right? Mm. Like, if I see something, I know it, so I know that this is true, yeah. This is the, what it I mean, is because I saw it with my own eyes. It's a prima alphabet, see is a clear mental picture, exactly. So your understanding, right? Yes, sir, mm. you know what I mean, you know. So, so with that. My aunt, as the daughter of Ra, is also the eye of Ra, mm-hmm. right? Because the eyes are his daughters. So <laughs> this, uh, this is, you know, what they're getting at, right? So you have these, uh, these concepts in understanding my aunt as ultimately the laws that underpin and undergird and maintain and feed reality itself, mm-hmm. right? keep existence going, right? And anything that um, is pro-life, anything that preserves life, anything that adds on to life, right, is considered my art. And anything that is, uh, you know, 
against life, right? The antithesis is uh, considered isfed. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a there's a, there's two terms. It's called um, irrit watch or iri watch, right? And iri or irrit desheret, mm-hmm. right? Or desher. And one, the first one means to do green things. Hmm. The other one means to and do like red. green as in things that grow, things life. Exactly, exactly. Things that that you know give life, that cause life, that add to life, versus doing desheret, doing red things, hmm. right? Doing things that cause bloodshed, right? Doing things that cause damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, so that's another uh way that they spoke of someone doing ma'at, which that's another phrase to do ma'at, irit ma'at, mm-hmm. right? To do ma'at, to do green things versus to mm-hmm. desheret or ir, irit uh, isfet, right? Yeah, well, order. yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, I've never, uh, that's that's very, that's that's uh. I, I understand. I see. I see it. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of times, I've I've heard the debate, you know, often for years that the actual forty-two laws that are attributed to Maya, right? Um, there may be more. I'm not sure, but the ones that most people know is are forty-two, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say that this is where um, the Bible's Ten Commandments come from. Um, what what do you think? Well, you know, the um, what's called the forty two was known as the forty two declaration. Yeah, forty neg- right? negative confessions, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So those uh, they they need to be understood in in a particular context. Um, first of all, the the person Peru is a is a do what what you know what we. Let's say it's like a duat text. It's an ancestral veneration text, right? But what differentiates it from, let's say, the pyramid text or the, uh, you know, Session Duat or the Book of Gates, um, Book of Newt, right? All these, all these other texts is that it's unique in that it, it depicts the travel of the ancestor through the spirit realm and but the spirit realm is depicted in the guise of a temple mm. so each step is actually um representing the ancestor um taking the journey step by step through the temple ultimately seeking to gain access into the shrine of Osir to become an Osir which is an elevated ancestor mm-hmm. So that that weighing of the heart, which is the heart is being weighed, but the actual ritual is called weighing of the words. Mm. It's the individual's words that are being weighed, what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, what's being depicted is there are 42 what's called boot, right? Boot is where we get taboo from. Mm. 42 taboos that that individual as a priest was expected to abstain from, mm-hmm. right? You're supposed to observe these taboos. And, you know, in doing so, they would be granted access into a shrine, which was reserved only for 
the hamnetir, right? Um, or the the um this what's called a servant of the tear or the husband or the wife of the Niter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was like in in ATRs, right? So this would be like the equivalent of let's say uh Olo Olorisha, mm-hmm. right? Um you know if we're talking, you know, the Yoruba, um you know, a a priest or high priest of a particular um Orisha, particularly Niter, and this is the force that they're a medium of in mm-hmm. the ritual. They carry this force, right? Mm-hmm. So the Hamnater of Amun supposed to be the medium of Amun or the medium of uh, of Hetheru or whoever, right? And this is why um, scholars, right, Egyptologists used to refer to the Hamnater. You see it translated as the prophet. Right, they use the term prophet because the shrine was the oracle, but the shrine, the oracle wasn't always or just like an oracular device, right, or tools. Sometimes it was the actual, the actual priest himself mm-hmm. that the Niter was supposed to be speaking through, right. Mm-hmm. So this is um, this is where you know those those terms uh come from but before you could gain access to that level you had to demonstrate that you could discipline yourself yeah. in abstaining from committing these these now, was that just for priests say it again was it so was this just for priests so those those yes in the sense that there are some things some of those uh declarations or oaths are only relevant in the temple context. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a priest, you're not in the temple. Yeah. Okay. Right? It wasn't like a wasn't like a church where anybody could go and you know what I mean? Like there are certain doors that there are certain doors that you have to be a certain level of priest mm-hmm. to even gain access to. And if you if they found you in a room that you didn't have the stripes to be in, the punishment was severe. Mm. I mean, like, like yeah. severe. You know what I'm saying? They found you with lessons mm-hmm. that you weren't supposed to have, right? Mm-hmm. The punishment was severe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this was uh this was kind of what it was. So when you read some of the declarations and they talk about um having stolen food or having stolen from the shrine of the Niter, mm. you're not getting close to the shrine of the Niter. <laughs> unless you have access to that shrine right, right? right. an outsider is not going to have access to that you know what okay. i mean so like there are things that um would only be you know relevant to the priesthood so um but there are other things that you know there are other things that uh are universal right such as you know murder and you know, theft and things of that nature, you can find those, you know, in the civil law, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, each, uh, we on the subject of taboos, right? Each, you know, each sepat, right, or state, right, has their deities that are particular to the ethnic groups that mm-hmm. are found in that, that state. And um, those netaru have their own set of taboos that might differ from 
you know, these folk over here. So, like, you know, there's a there's a actual uh, event that took place where there was a civil war that broke out between, um, I want to say, the 19th state and the 17th state, right, of Upper Kemet, mm-hmm. right? Um, 17 was sacred to Anpu, and 19 was sacred to uh, the Majad fish, right? It's a, it's a particular fish. Um, that was their totem. And something happened where, you know, I think somebody went up state and was eating the fish. Yeah. Yeah. And the folk from upstate in turn started, they went down and started killing dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And right. you know, the city the fan, right? So right, right, you know, right, right. but you know, even oh, to that the, really happened. Yeah, that really happened. That's a that's a true story, right? So, like, this is this is something like even to this day, the Kalinjin people, right? They have a term in that's actually the term is actually maat, right? Mm-hmm. That um, in their language, right, which they say is related to Madunate, right? Mm-hmm. But the term is maat, and it speaks to a kinship that could be held amongst people and animals, and, and you know, that are totems and whatnot that are sacred mm-hmm. to. Uh, their particular group and they're responsible like the act that I described in ancient Kemet is the exact same thing that they're expected to do if someone kills their their ma'at mm. you know what I'm saying wow that's deep yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what I mean so you know it's a um, you have that so but in terms of the the ten commandments coming out of coming out of that um, I would say that it's you know in in the biblical narrative you know um a lot of the stuff revolve you know revolving around that story mm-hmm. is coming out of an you know a comedic or egyptian context mm-hmm. right so because you know wasn't he supposed moses was said to be learned in the ways of the egyptian right 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 it's supposed to be raised as royalty so we're talking the you know the highest um education now me i i don't look at it as a historical yeah yeah event but it's uh you know like most cosmologies there's there's um a little bit of this a little bit of that in Mm -hmm. it right there's some history in it there's some uh there's some propaganda, that, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely some propaganda, yeah. which I don't think people always understand whenever they're reading. Yeah, like, you know, with a spot like, okay, yeah. they were they had an agenda whenever they was. Yeah, yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, you know, you know, there's some things that describe, um, you know, social political, uh, you know, events and um, some individual characters represent whole groups of people and things of that nature so you know there's a lot of that in there and um you know with that i think that in understanding um kemet as somewhat of like the dominant culture um in the region at the time right you know you know when you look at canaan Mm-hmm. I it's like a my a, a comedic microcosm on a slick, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, which you know, some folks say that they were always like uh almost like uh Puerto Rico, 
right? Mm-hmm. So to speak, mm-hmm. in the sense of uh, being a colony of uh, of Kemet or something along those lines. But everything from the aesthetic, even their shared deities and whatnot. Um, oh, they had shared deities in Canaan and Kemet? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, Baal, Baal mm-hmm. uh, Hadad, right? Isutesh. Mm. Right, you you type in um, you know Hadad in uh, any Medunater uh, you know lexicon, it's gonna come up as an epithet for Sutes or Set, mm. right? Um, you know Bor, right? Which is how you know uh, it would have been vocalized in um, in Kemet, right? Is Baal, and it's also a name or epithet for Sutes. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. but you have these, uh, you have these commonalities. Um, you know, I want to say a knot is another one that you find in both, mm-hmm. right? And which is interesting because a knot, um, is neat, mm. right? Neath is a knot, this is also Athena, it's the same deity, oh, wow. yeah. right? Same deity, same name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you had these, you had these shared this, you know, there's and there's many, there's many more, but um, you know, so there's there's definitely a strong influence. Yeah. Um, that we can say definitely some uh, you know, you know, to say that certain customs and whatnot um either were direct influence or from a shared uh heritage or some you know depending on what side of the argument you're on but um there's some commonalities for me i think that a, a better uh comparison between the 42 oaths or 42 declarations of innocence and um you know the biblical text would be the levitican uh you know the levite you know taboos it was right you know things that they were expected to do and not do eat and not eat wear and not wear Mm -hmm. sexual codes of conduct like um in the in in the 42 oaks it says that you um you know you're not supposed to copulate with a homosexual right right it's one of the 42 declarations is in there um you know that's in leviticus right Mm -hmm. You know, so like these types of things um, are, I think, more comparable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could, yeah, I could definitely see that because whenever you were explaining like Mayat and how it was mostly for the priests, and that's where my mind it went to is like the Leviticus, the Levitical priests in in the Bible. You know, um, yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you as well: um, the story of you know, Asar, Asar, um, Aset, is set, like, um, if you can't, exp- you know, it doesn't have to be, like, the full, complete story, but if you can't, yes, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, impossible. That's impossible. But if you can, uh, what is the story, and, like, what jewel did, like, you know, did you get from the story as far as, you know, just being able to relate it to you know the reality that we live today no oh, okay that's a good i say that that part right there gives a good context because you know the story um is out of all of them right it's it's the one that really caught hold I and mean, i really think they did their thing mm-hmm. in the sense of um they took a story 
that was applicable um, on every level from like a, you know, cosmology level in terms of creation and everything all the way down to like the interaction of uh, people, mm-hmm. right? And the cycles that, you know, people uh, go through. But, you know, the crux of it is the uh, cycle or the circle of life, right? Mm-hmm. In Oser, Oset, and Heru, um, you know, the man, woman, child, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this understanding, first of all, Oser represents uh, the deceased divine king. Mm. Heru represents the living king, mm. right? Now, every living king, every Heru, eventually becomes Oser. Mm. And Oser, exactly, comes mm. back as Heru. Oser is that bridge, the lineage, the mm. bloodline, right? The matrilineal. Right, 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 okay? right. So, Oset, her name means seat, right? Or throne. Mm-hmm. And in it, you know, it's, uh, you know, it represents the continuity of the divine kingship, the, you know, how it's, how it's transmitted. But then also um, as the lineage, Let's say this is something you still find in West Africa, especially amongst the Akan and the stool, mm-hmm. right? And how the stool, oh, yeah. right, is like associated with the lineage and is also the focal point of ancestral veneration. Like the stools are black and once the chief uh, or king, uh, you know, you know, uh, transitions and they actually hold that stool as the focal point of veneration, making shrines, offerings, you know, et cetera, so on to it. Um, so this is something that uh, we find in Kemet with our set, right? Um, representing the lineage, an individual's lineage. Now, um, with that being said, right? You know, Osir, the father, or set the mother, or set, I mean, Heru, the child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is how life happens. This is how life will always happen, how life shall continue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that in itself is a form of ma'at. And that's something I should have said, that the Netaru, mm-hmm. um, the Netaru are ma'at, right? They represent laws of, you know, natural forces, etc. And, um, you know, in Haitian voodoo, right, the Netaru or their equivalent will be referred to as Loa, mm-hmm. which means law. Right, right. Loa right. means law, right? right. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, this is the same thing. Um, you know, now, Sutesh represents, right, or Set, right, Set. He represents... Uh, you know, on one hand, death, right? On another hand, he represents, you know, an individual's, uh, you know, the errors that we make yeah, yeah. In, a, in a lifetime, right? 
And, you know, the things that happen before Heru gets here, before we get here, that our ancestors went through, mm -hmm. right? Um, or if you, you're talking about the, um, like, because you do have concepts of uh, what's called Jeba, mm -hmm. right? Which would be like the equivalent of uh, justice or retribution or the closest thing to like an idea of karma, mm -hmm. right? This idea of payback or what goes around comes around, right? Um, every person has their own Jeba, right? That they're here to here to work out. They have their own uh, Shai or destiny. Mm. Now that part there, that that term there, Shai, is also a homophone, mm -hmm. right? For uh, or there's a word Shai, right? That means pig. So you have Shai meaning destiny, and you have Shai meaning pig, mm -hmm. right? And this is significant because the pig is the sacred animal of Set, right? Mm -hmm. Or Sutesh. Mm -hmm. So Sutesh or Set, he represents an individual's Shai, mm -hmm. their destiny, mm -hmm. which is the challenges that life has come to present. Yeah. Right? Right. The the uh the adversity that you're meant to go through, the lessons that you're here to learn. Mm -hmm. That you, through the application of your will or your heart, right, Heru, you have to overcome. You have to face them, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually, right, because they go back and forth, eventually, right, Sutesh, you know, he, 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 he going to get you. Right. right? He, he's going to get you, right? So there are things that we're unable to write. Mm in our lifetime right that might have to go on to our children some of these things are you know in internal um you know there's studies that talk about uh how we also pass on like experiences and trauma yeah. we were talking about that me and my, me and uh, one of the brothers from Timo were talking about that the other day where you know scientific studies show that we are passing trauma down through our genetics yes Yes, you know what I mean? That, I say, that's something that, you know, I think they they understood, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they understood um, that, you know, there's no escape, right? If you don't right. work it out, you, you're going to, you through, mm -hmm. right? Your seeds going to have to come back and work this thing out, right? So, um, so Heru, he has this, this name, this epithet, um, Nejet Yitaf, right? Which means um, avenger of his father, mm. right? So Heru comes back to avenge Osir, right? And that whole story is deep because, you know, it, it's, you know, it's a lot in there. Like we yeah. look at Sutesh like, okay, he's just this terrible guy, right? Well, he bug he's he he bugs out, right? He bugs mm -hmm. out. But um, you know, do we know that Osir got drunk? Right? Do we know that Nephet um disguised herself as mm. Osset, right? Oh, and okay. slept with Osir. See, I ain't, I never heard that part of the story. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like this is right. Like, this is the this is a story. There was a party, 
and Osir got drunk mm -hmm. and which is you know he's uh also associated with wine and beer and grain and all these things so the you know um the greeks called him dionysus mm -hmm. and eventually the romans called him bacchus mm -hmm. right? so he's still to this day associated without right mm -hmm. with alcohol right um but you know so he gets he gets drunk and he you know he sleeps with Nephthed, right? Who's disguised as Offset, because they were twins. Mm -hmm. So this is the catalyst, so to speak, that gave his brother that was kind of already a little yeah. hating a little bit, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. reason to go in on and say, you know what? Mm -hmm. Right? And that's where you get the story of him conspiring and mm -hmm. the 72 conspirators and they trap him in the in the sarcophagus and do all of that right mm -hmm. and um so you have these this story that is depicting errors mm -hmm. right the um the netaru are uh very humanized mm -hmm. in the story to make mistakes mm -hmm. right even high deities so. mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying even high mm -hmm. deities um they're depicted to make mistakes and to show how these mistakes could lead to you know isfet mm -hmm. overtaking the entire family overtaking yeah. the entire the entire community mm -hmm. and how um uh, it's left to the children every child that comes here is heru mm -hmm. and every child that comes here is meant to correct the errors of their predecessors yeah yeah you know i'm saying yeah, that's yeah. what that's what that's that story true. represents to me um you know in the most you know i say in in, in one of the most important not to uh, cut you off yes sir but do you have you ever thought of that in the context of the children of slave owners and what they or does or does or do these things like can these principles apply to all of humanity yeah i think that they they all uh yeah definitely the cosmology is is applicable on a, like a universal scale now there's there's certain folk um like there's a lot of stuff in that cosmology that i i connect to our experience right yeah, yeah. um you know the idea of Osir, who represents the ancestors, being, you know, trapped in a sarcophagus made to oh. fit its form, and then thrown into the water, mm. right? And right. then the sarcophagus sails up to a foreign land, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Osir has to go looking for him, yeah. right? 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 Mm -hmm. And um, you know, she tries to bring him back home. But Sutes, you know, he he gets wind of it and he dismembers him and spreads him mm. across. Mm. Right? We were. Like we were. Right. And now she has to travel again to try to find each piece of him to put him back together again. Like we are doing now. You heard me. Right? <laughs> ah, man, that's powerful, bro. That wow. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I love that, man. I love that. Um I have one last question for you, bro. And um, I, once again, 
I appreciate you for coming through. This yeah. definitely ain't the last time, man. Like yeah, you I know, can have these conversations for for hours, man. But um, yes, sir. The last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, when people say ancient Egypt was polytheistic, um, is that because they view it from a Western perspective? And it's and obviously there's nuances in that question because a lot of quote unquote Egyptologists attribute Akhenaten with bringing about uh, monotheism, right? But in the same breath, if they're saying that you know he brought about monotheism, then before that he's saying that they were polytheists, right? right. Um, what's your what's your what's your idea on that? Well. You know, definitely, I, you know, I think when people say that, like the general populace say that they, they looking from the outside and not ever really doing like a, um, an actual survey through the, you know, through mm -hmm. the literature. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I say literature, I'm talking about like the primary, right, yeah. primary text. Um, but for a scholar, right. An Egyptologist to say it that's betraying right that's kind of betraying like okay you're kind of telling what you haven't read mm. right mm. it makes you know it makes me wonder yeah. right what you read because you can't you couldn't have um read the book of knowing the evolutions of ron overthrowing or pep and say that right um you couldn't have gone into the valley of the kings and saw the book of praying to the unified one in the west mm. right or the so-called litany of ra where ra in 75 forms right or is invoked by 75 names right like like islamic attributes right oh, islamic attributes and some of these names are osir mm. osir mm. Mm. Antu, Neptet, wow right? You know, like, so, like, what are they saying? Um, and it says that surely Ra is the body of this Nater, the body of that Nater, the body. You know what I mean? So saying that the essence of this particular force is ultimately Ra, who is the creator par excellence in the, in the entire, you know, tradition, yeah. no matter, no matter what state you go to. Mm -hmm. So like, even, even let's say, uh, Let's take, we take the cosmology of uh, Minefer or Memphis, right? The Memphite theology or Sabaka stone, right? And it's centered around Ptah, right? But Ptah, like all of the other ones, he starts as Ptah Noon, mm. right? Ptah mm -hmm. Noon. And then he goes from Ptah Noon to Ptah Thinin, or the Ptah who elevates or raises the land, right? out of noon mm -hmm. then from there he organizes himself and he comes forth as atum or ra yeah. and then carries out the work of creation in even in the traditions um where the you know is the temple is dedicated to the divine feminine right mm -hmm. or set um or heteru right you know or set corresponds to noon or the 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 niterit, right the the feminine uh 
divinity represents the source mm. who gives birth to the creator mm. right so Oset gives birth to ra or heru like, right like the womb of space exactly and that child is the one that carries out the work of creation wow. right yeah. and he's the father of all of the other neteru mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so this is um you know this is again speaking to an understanding that ultimately there's only one reality and that's Niter in in you know in this cosmology so and it's all one everything yeah. uh exists because of Islam. within and and through it mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know and it is the essence of of all right mm -hmm. so that's 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 what's there but um akhenaten you know akhenaten is the one that uh he's the first one to start number one saying okay we're going to deal with one deity the aten mm. right he did away with you know the others for real for real and he actually um was really let's say okay so you hear people say rise the sun yeah rise not the sun rise not just the sun the sun is like the major uh icon right or a symbol for ra right it's the physical expression of ra right but the sun is actually ra's eye mm. and it's feminine mm -hmm. right so yeah. whenever you see and this is this is a little jewel for you know when you see Ra and he has the sun on his head with the serpent around the sun, mm -hmm. that's his daughter. <laughs> wow. That's that sun and serpent is Ra'it, which is another name for Heteru. Mm. Wow. That's that's not that's not Ra. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ra is said to exist, and in the sun is his eye. Mm. The sun he said to exist within the iris or pupil of his eye hmm. so hmm. he exists within the sun or at the core of it but he's not it right. in the tradition so you know but i but i cannot act in atin right which means the light of the sun mm -hmm. he's saying that atin is it and i am its manifestation mm. the in i am the light of the sun he was the first one or one of the first right to actually make the people worship him as a living king yeah. as the as the physical personification of of the divine did that and did that mean? happen start to happen did that become a trend after after Akhenaten? no they threw a fit yeah. <laughs> they, threw, they threw a fit right so he ended up he ended up living in seclusion um mm -hmm. as a hermit his wife wandered off and never returned like they don't know what happened to her his children like his children died right mm -hmm. and pretty much the consensus was that he was he and his lineage was cursed yeah as a result of of what he did 
You know what I'm saying? Because he was he was bugging, man. Like he he went and like like even his father, his father's name, because you know he was born a mental tep the fourth. Yeah, yeah. He he go and scratch the almond mm. out of his father's name. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like he was he was wilding. Yeah, he was wilding. You know what I'm saying? He was wilding. I'm Banu. Um, again, man, another dope show, man. I can't wait to have you back. I got more questions to ask you. I try to hey. keep it within a you know a certain time, but man, I appreciate you for coming back, man. Man, I appreciate you having me back, brother. You know, anytime, yo, just let me know. No doubt, man. You have a good evening, bro. All right, you too. Peace. Peace. Dope, dope, dope.